since they're running these in rep, is it fair to say which one of the two you enjoy more? Oh, um, between I and you and weekend comedy. Uh, okay. Again, play versus production. Uh, I will divvy it up there. I prefer <laughs> the play of uh, weekend comedy, but I prefer the production of I and you. Hi everybody. This is Ashley. This is Karen. And this is the musicals. We're coming back at you after seeing another live production at the Des Moines Playhouse. That's two weeks in a row. We went and saw live theater. And it was great. It was great. <laughs> Do you um, want to dive right into you and I, Karen? Yes. It's funny you should say that because I was going to say, is it you and I or is it I and you? I, I and you. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's, it's I, I and you. Yeah, it's I and you. Um, so I and you is a two person uh, play by Lauren Gunderson, who is a contemporary playwright. Um, the Des Moines Playhouse is actually, this is their second production of one of our plays. They did Silent Sky a couple of years ago, which we actually went and saw. Mm -hmm. And according to the pre-show talk, Lauren Gunderson likes science and uh, Walt Whitman. <laughs> and, uh, so the play I and You is, uh, like I said, a two-person play. Uh, they are high schoolers and it's their interaction about life uh, revolving around Walt Whitman's um, Leaves of Grass, but in particular Songs of Myself. Song of Myself, yep. Song of Myself, yep. And um, without going, like sharing more about that, I don't know what else to say. No, that's good background. Um, I did dig a little more into Lauren Gunderson because they said she was the most produced playwright. She's the most produced living playwright uh, in America, second only to Shakespeare, which is crazy, okay. I think. And also, Lauren Gunderson is my age. She is 37 years old. <laughs> Excellent. Which I think is crazy. To what be have so you done with your life, Ashley? I, I need to reevaluate my life choices. I just don't know. I'm <laughs> not the, the, the country's most produced playwright for sure. <laughs> this uh, INU production, or not this production, but this play was the winner of the 2014 Steinberg American Theater Critics Association New Play Award. Okay. Um, which is pretty cool. Um, and so uh, I was watching some other things and it's produced a lot in colleges because it's a two person play and they are older high school students. So it's very easy um, to play a little bit lower in age to um, produce this play. Um, the other thing is I think that this play is normally produced without an intermission. So I don't think that was really a change in, okay. in the show from the other things that I had dug around. Um, and I can't, I pulled a quote from somewhere, and of course I didn't write where that, it was from some other review of a different production a couple years ago, but they said that um, I and You was one of the most life-affirming plays you'll currently see on stage. Okay. So the play itself has a lot of legs to stand on. Okay. I think. Okay. According to critics. Yes. <laughs> 
And you're right, we saw Silent Sky in 2019. And um, Katie Merriman, the artistic director, did mention that they don't generally return to a playwright again so quickly. Uh -huh. um, but they had had their eye on this production for a while. Um, and so they kind of had it in their back pocket. And then when they had to move to, or when they chose to move to reduced casts, it was a, it was a nice, easy slide right into that um, format. Okay, okay. I guess I missed all that in the pre-show talk. I had my tiny little flip book that I was taking some notes on. Excellent. Um, so why don't we move on to the Des Moines Playhouse production and do a yep. little background on that? Yep. So the two players um, are... Carolyn and Tony. Yep, Carolyn and Anthony, yep. And so Carolyn was played by Natalie Grote and she is a high school senior at Waukee. And she had been in um, another production a couple years ago for the Des Moines Playhouse. And then Anthony was played by Clifton Anton and he has also um, been on the Des Moines Playhouse stage before. Um, he does stand-up comedy. Yes, he does stand-up, uh, improv. I don't know if they call it stand-up oh. comedy, but it is improv for the Tiki Club or something like that. And I thought that was funny. It was like Tiki, so. Yeah, yeah, you're correct. It was improv. <laughs> um, so those were the two players. And then um, they had some challenges to come around when they're running the show and rep with Weekend Comedy. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that um, the pre-show talk told us about was that they had basically the same foundation all set and then they kind of raised and lowered this bedroom wall to change the scene from a cabin into right. a teenager's bedroom and I thought that it worked really well I thought if you hadn't seen the other one or they hadn't brought it up I don't think you would have really pointed it out I like the fact that they inserted an extra wall because I've made the stage smaller and it being a two-person play um, it worked that the stage did not overpower them I thought they used their space well. Right, right. And it was supposed to be a girl's, a teenager's bedroom, so they're not huge. Right. And I, I think it also helped um, with the intimacy of the relationship between the two characters. Mm -hmm. um, which, oh, is another thing they brought up was that they brought in an intimacy director, which I'd never yeah. heard of before, but totally makes sense. Yeah. Um, to just kind of walk through... Um, the progression of the characters with them and, and what the actors themselves were comfortable with. Um, and I, I thought that the, the two characters had really, really great chemistry. I thought I they played really, really well together. And maybe that intimacy director had some part to do with that, but I think they were phenomenal actors. Do you think we've laid the foundation enough, Karen? I think so. Great. Yes. So Karen, what did you think? Okay. Here are my thoughts. I've thought about this a lot because I want to make the distinction between the play and the production. Okay. I enjoyed the production. I thought the actors had great chemistry. I enjoyed the way they used the stage. I liked their delivery. Um, I especially liked how the character of Anthony used a lot of facial expression mm -hmm. to convey emotion. Um, I liked the actress who played Carolyn on how she used uh, space. One of the scenes, she's having a uh, difficult time. So she takes off her long sleeve outer t-shirt. And I like that little touch of trying to convey 
that it was a stressful situation and doing something that just seemed very natural. Like she, it was a deal of like, oh, I feel hot, I'm, I'm stressed out right now, I feel hot, et cetera, et cetera. I'm gonna take my shirt off. So I enjoy that outer shirt. I should have she's a high schooler. Um, so I enjoyed that. I like the way she kind of bounced around the room is what I meant by use of space. I like the fact that they had a real computer. Oh, and, that's true. Uh, they brought up, um, I'm pretty sure it was wireless because every now and then I would look over when they would jostle the, um, the mouse on there. It looked like it was like live websites. Um, so I enjoyed that. So I enjoyed the production. The play itself, I am apparently not a Lauren Gunderson fan. <laughs> Um, because I felt the same way about Silent Sky. Uh, it was disjointed without giving away too much of the story. There was similarity to the fault in our stars and the whole idea of interaction between teenagers. Um, I looked up to see when Fault in the Stars was uh, written in comparison to this. And the movie came out in 2014 and then this play was um, published in 2014. I don't know when she started writing it. Um, the other thing is you can't help but like have comparisons to uh, Dear Evan Hansen mm -hmm. with a teenage story. Um, I want to ask you about what you think in terms of this story and Spring Awakening, because there's the idea of angst, like teenage angst. Mm -hmm. And that was one of my issues is like, I didn't have any takeaway of angst. But after it, I was like, what was the angst really about? There's one thing, but I didn't. I didn't, you're looking at me quizzically. Yeah, were, um, you, were you looking for angst? Did you I want know, angst? It's supposed to be a teenage interaction and then like the, the whole backdrop of, uh, dead po uh, um, of Walt Whitman, even like Dead Poets Society uses Walt Whitman. So there's one line in there about the yop and the yop in uh, Dead Poets Society and it didn't seem as connected like I felt like the Walt Whitman part came across as slightly preachy um, this is again I want to make the distinction between the play and the production this is all about the play okay and I I didn't I didn't care for the play itself I didn't understand what the angst was uh, there was one scene where the two characters talk about their parents but one character does not mention one parent at all no. If it was a real conversation with somebody who you'd just met, it would be like, oh, you're like, and what about your blah, blah? And there was yeah. no mention. And I thought that was poor writing. Like it didn't, it didn't make any, like, how could you leave out like one major parent, especially when one character is talking about the relationship between their parents? Sure. So yeah, I didn't, I didn't, like, it didn't seem fresh. That's what I would say. It didn't seem like it was anything that hadn't been done before. And uh, I also saw a movie uh, last fall that had the same, uh, I mean, the Playhouse is talking about it on their Facebook page. So we can say there's a twist at the end. Yeah. And I saw a play last year that had essentially the same twist. And so it wasn't new to me, so. Right. But again, we'll play, not production. Production, love the actors, thought they did a great job. I thought they, honestly, I thought they saved the play. I think if you had with subpar actors, I would have been like, oh my gosh, this was terrible. But because they did such a good job, 
I, uh, I, I enjoyed it there. <laughs> Good. Um, did we ever talk about the plot of the play? No, because we can't really give away too much. Right, but we can say that there's there are two teenagers, right, and the male character shows up at the female character's oh, house true, true. to her bedroom. She is homebound with an illness. She needs a new liver, and apparently she's not well enough to go to school. And the whole premise is that he um, offered to work with her on a group project about Walt Whitman's Leaves of Grass, and it's due the next day. So that's why they're kind of confined in this room together, talking about Walt Whitman as teenagers, and it, it kind of all operates in that space, right? And um, the, uh, uh, the assignment is to talk about pronouns. Right, it's the pronouns, I and you. Correct. And how it changes through the, the, the piece, the poem. Because I think it's a really long one. Uh, yes, I've never let, read Leaves of Grass. And um, Leaves, I did not know this, but Leaves of Grass supposedly would just get like sections added onto it every year by Walt Whitman. It was mm -hmm. just a, like a continuous ever-growing story. No pun intended, ever-growing story. I have a lot of the same feelings as you, Karen. Um, the Walt Whitman piece, Warren Gunderson um, apparently really is interested in literature as a whole. And so I think one of her goals in this was to kind of modernize almost the Leaves of Grass INU concept, maybe is, maybe modernize isn't the right word, but put it in a, in a different context than what I think it was originally presented in Walt Whitman's piece. Uh -huh. That said, I never bought into the Walt Whitman part because it, I don't want to say it was shoehorned, I just couldn't make those connections until the very end and then it was too late for me to appreciate them, I think. So there is kind of like a soliloquy where um, Caroline does her interpretation of how those pronouns pan out near the end and I'm trying to digest what she's saying, but I don't have enough time to process that before the play moves on, which is fine. But then I don't know that it should be a center point for the play if the viewer cannot make those connections. In right. Time. Yeah. I don't know if I said that well, but. No, I understand. Like I felt like there should have been required reading that we read the, the uh, poetry ahead of time and I don't mean that in a bad way but I felt like if you went uh, super appreciative of Walt Whitman you didn't connect as much and maybe that's why I didn't find a connection yeah yeah and I like I said knowing the end I understand the premise now but you there is a twist and you don't know the end until the end and right. then you're trying to m make those backward connections and I, I will say the the play ends very powerfully I think uh-huh um but my brain was still trying to rewind, and I don't know that I fully appreciated the ending because I was trying to catch up. Does that make sense? The end happened so fast, it was almost like a train, just kind of bam, and then it was over. Yeah. And I wanted them to come back and talk to me some more. Right, yeah. <laughs> the funny thing is with the end, and like you are trying to process it, but this was one where, um, like it, I just felt like it relied a little bit on a gimmick, so it was like a little bit gimmicky, and I didn't, uh, I didn't want to discuss it. But normally, I would like bounce off you and be like, "Oh my gosh, did you notice this? Did you notice that?" and stuff like that. And I was just kind of like, eh. 
So. So that's the play, but the production was great. I loved the production. Exactly. Um, I thought Natalie Grote was really, really good and really, really convincing as a teenage sick girl. And I mean, she is a teenager, so that helps. But um, you could see her character grow um, uh-huh. through the play. Um, it started off a little slow for me, but I could definitely see the growth and changing in her character. Um, and I really appreciated that. And like going on that journey with her. And I felt like she took us there. Um, right. You had sympathy for her. You laughed at her. You, I, I just felt like you could experience the play through her. I thought that um, Clifton Anton did a really great job as well as Anthony. Yeah. Um, he His character, I don't think grew quite as much. His character more um shared things about himself with us and we um he he was part of the relationship obviously um but i think he was a very solid actor and as we said before i think they had really great chemistry throughout and it was nice and fun Mm -hmm. to see that change as the play progressed i mean it's not really a, a teenage love story either i mean it had some little elements of awkwardness there but that wasn't um, like the main driving force. It, it was very friendship based. Um, and so I think it, it appeals to a lot of, to a large audience. And I think that a lot of people can appreciate the friendship that was being forged on the stage. And at the end, yeah. they hug at the end. They said that at the beginning, that's not like a spoiler. Um, but you, you really felt the connection that they had in that moment. Um, and I think that is really saying something when you're connecting with an audience like that. I thought they had great chemistry as well too. I liked the really way the relationship um, grew as well. Um, I got the sense that the what we were seeing in productions were also the like evolution of their friendship through going through rehearsals and then actual performances. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they knew each other before they started, but I feel like that's how their um, friendship would have also unfolded maybe they can't stand each other in person who knows but i thought they did really well on stage uh one thing that i did like was how carolyn came across as very sincere so that is really a compliment to the actress that was um um what's her real life name natalie grote okay yeah natalie like i think natalie was very natural in the role and that was commendable for her acting, given that she is so young. It, mm-hmm. I didn't feel like it was forced, um, especially in scenes where she had to be, for lack of a better word, extra emotional. Like she wasn't over the top at any point. And I really appreciated that. She knew how to edit her acting. That's the way mm-hmm. I would phrase it. I really liked that. And like well, I they... said, the way she used um, physicality mm-hmm. to get her point across as well too. They felt like genuine emotions and not exactly. acting emotions. Exactly. That that's that's what I mean. Is that it was very it was very sincere and um, a very um, demure expression of emotions and tugging on the heartstrings. There was no like uh, ploys to get you to feel all the feels. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Um, and I think honestly, for um, that. I mean, it's a 90 minute 95 minute production two characters that is a lot to memorize it's a lot to stage it's a lot to act well 
And yeah. I mean, it was opening night. I don't, I didn't see any, but I mean, it was, it was flawless. It was great. They did a really, was, really great job. Yeah. There was definitely no first night jitters. I thought mm -hmm. they did a great job. They uh, were very comfortable with each other. That's the part that I felt was the most sincere is that, like I said, maybe they, they're really good actors and they can't stand each other in their private lives. <laughs> but I thought they genuinely got along. Like I felt yeah. like they like genuinely got along. So Right. I think it also, I, I don't know, but I would think it would be difficult to act to a house that is not very full. Right. Um, and I think they did a great job. Yeah. No, um, uh, especially with the heavier material because the mm -hmm. material was quite heavy and uh, there we are. How do you read emotions of people? Even like you've got a small crowd and then we're all wearing masks. You have no idea how we're responding. Are we smiling? Right. And are we frowning? So. Right. I will say, so we went opening night and I'm fairly confident that the, the Grote parents were sitting near us and yes. that somebody's friends, there was a slew of friends off to my right. And um, the friends, the teenagers were laughing at all the appropriate places, but I think that really helped feed the stage. Yes. Um, because yeah. they had really, the audience had really great energy because it was a, it's a play that you could definitely just sit and not interact um, at all with the stage players, but the audience that night was great. And I think that helped fuel um, what was happening on stage. I hope so. And it was precious seeing Natalie, that's her name. Yeah. Natalie's parents that I was so happy for them because the performance went so well and like um, it was just nice seeing her especially her dad like that was just precious and when so, we, we should say these are assumptions based on the fact that they had flowers and they were about the right age and yes correct yeah and and, the, and I'm almost 100% certain that was the dad because he shed a tear and I was so happy like I was so happy for them and like they should be proud because their daughter did a fantastic job so, and in the playbill, it mentioned that uh, Clifton was engaged. And I think his fiance should be proud as well, too, because he did a good job, too. I have no idea who his fiance is. <laughs> I don't know if she was there or not. <laughs> but if she didn't, maybe they were off to my side. Yeah. I, I just want to make it very clear that, like, my comments are definitely divided into production and play. <laughs> because I thought yeah. the production was really good. And I hope to see both of them back. Um, doing performances at the Playhouse. I don't know what their future plans are. Like I'm assuming Natalie will go off to college, but what she's going to do there and where she's going, I hope, do hope she comes back to the Playhouse. So. Yeah, I think they're both very talented, and I think it's a really great production. I, I thought that I, I and you was quite a bit better. I, if, if I had to go see one again, I would see that one again. Um, it's a thinker. Um, I thought that both of the the actors were very well matched and they were very, it was a very good production. Uh, yeah. Um, I think both are good. Both are, you should go see both of them. But if you can only see one for monetary reasons or something, I would recommend I and you. I can see that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Hi everyone. We forgot to drop the dates in this episode for the Des Moines Playhouse Productions. INU is playing October 28th through November 1st, and then again November 11th through 15th. And that's um, 7.30 p.m. on Wednesdays through Saturdays and 2 p.m. on Sundays. Remember, they also have the weekend comedy, which is running in rep, and that's running um, October 21st through 25th and November 4th through 8th. 
on the same times, so you still have two weeks to see both of these great productions. If you want any more information or would like to get some tickets, go to dmplayhouse.com. What else, Karen? Did we forget anything about this one? Uh, no, I'm looking at my list right now. Um, normally, like given my personality type, normally um, I would want to go investigate Leaves of Grass. I kind of don't. <laughs> can, uh, I was thinking back, I mean, we both went to liberal arts schools and had yes. a lot of literature and stuff like that. But I'm almost 100% certain we did not read any Whitman. And my only knowledge of Whitman comes from Dead Poets Society. And that's kind of shameful, but still not that interested. There is, um, I mean, Whitman wrote during the Civil War. And um, I've read all the Louisa May Alcott books. And that was during <laughs> the Civil War, so I think that counts. I'm sure I've read them at some point because I have an English composition minor. So Ooh. I'm okay. sure at one point I had to read them. Yeah, for undergrad. I didn't want to graduate, Karen. What was I going to do with my life? So I got another minor <laughs> so I could stay one more semester. <laughs> well, I don't have any more thoughts. Me either. Okay. Okay. Well, go see the play. Go see both plays. Go support the Des Moines Playhouse. Yes, and thank you, Des Moines Playhouse, for bringing us live theater. Um, they said that there's only two theaters in the whole state that are doing anything, any live productions right now. So if you want to continue seeing live productions in Des Moines, you have to go and support those live productions. I agree. And again, very well done. Uh, great uh, setting. They really did not skimp on the fact that we are in a pandemic in the sense of the sets were legit, the acting was legit. So lighting was legit. So definitely go support them. Alrighty. Uh, next on the agenda is uh, One Man, Two Governors. This okay. is, we're going to watch that on PBS. So I'm saying all this so other people can watch as well, too. Okay. Uh, when you <laughs> can get comments as well, too. I want to say it's November 6th. It's whatever that Friday is. Yeah. November 6th on PBS, great performances. I don't know what time, but it is um, the musical. I think it's a musical. Uh, One Man, Two Governors with James Corden. Okay. And so we're going to be watching that. And then we will have an episode of our review of that the following week. So watch it with us and then give us your comments. And then, or maybe we can interview somebody on the show as well, too. So. Oh, okay. You mean yeah. about what they thought. I thought you meant like James Corden. I was like, how are we going to get him? <laughs> uh, through Instagram? <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing. How hard could it be? Like, maybe we can comment and ask. Can't be that hard. I, I, I don't know. Is he, is he hard up for content now? <laughs> I'm pretty sure he probably is. It's COVID. So. It's true. And I've seen him in uh, Into the Woods. I mean, we could talk about that too. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll try that. <laughs> all right well until next time all right see you later karen see ya bye hi there just wanted to take a quick moment to ask you to subscribe to our podcast wherever it is you're listening rate us and review us and that helps other listeners find us and also lets us know what it is you like about our podcast Find us on Facebook at The Musicals, 
or email us at desmusicals at gmail.com. Tell us what you think about the shows that we've reviewed or recommend a show for us to watch, and we'd be happy um, to take your input. Reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. Bye.